Hello and welcome to the Shea Hates Everything podcast where we talk about video games, movies, comics, and other shit that matters. My name is Shea and today I hate the PlayStation Store and the fact that it's always fucking broken in some new and incredibly annoying way. My name's Kyle and today I hate USB sticks that you need to pull out of the port slightly in order for them to read. Do you use USB sticks a lot for things? Oh yeah. Well, okay, I, just, I shouldn't say a lot, but um, right. maybe more often than other people do. Okay. But yeah, you, you the transfer files a lot from computers. Yeah, yeah. So like uh, the mo- most recent example is when I was having issue installing the Oculus software. Um, I had installed it on my girlfriend's laptop and I wanted to try and transfer the files over to mine. And it totally mm-hmm. didn't work because you have to edit all these directories and crazy stuff that I didn't know how to do. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's... I, I do weird stuff like that all the time, and I sometimes back things up on it too. Um, yeah, see, that makes sense. I feel like I would use it more, but like I rarely do anything not on my home PC. So, like, obviously, I have my personal laptop, which I never use because it's a piece of junk and it's super old and barely works. And then I have my work laptop, which I will occasionally like write a blog post on stuff like that but nothing where i need to transfer files yeah like we have three usb sticks that sit here on our pc and i only ever use them like when we are recording these because i'll use them like you would like a fidget spinner like as just like a little <laughs> tick thing to play with in my hands yeah. to keep me focused because i am finding that i that kind of thing really does help me so i mean i'm holding one right now in my hand and it has like a little thing that it flips around to cover the actual USB like port part of it. Yeah. And so I just kind of like, I literally spin it like you would a fidget spinner. So maybe I would like a fidget spinner and now I hate myself for <laughs> uh, yeah, having no, that realization. No. Um, <laughs> don't get a fidget spinner specifically because those are companies that are capitalizing on the trend. You can get like okay. an actual, like a fidget cube that is meant. Oh for no, I have of one thing. of those. Oh, you yeah, did? we okay. had we yeah we got those. Uh, we had like for work. We had a big marketing team meeting a month or so ago, and uh, they they bought us all like a little fidget cube since it was okay. a big meeting thing. And I use that at work all the time when I'm like on a conference call and that kind of thing because it has like it has buttons and switches right. and knobs and like there's one part of it that's very much like a joystick on a controller, and that's probably my favorite part. I just it makes me feel like I'm playing a video game, <laughs> and then it makes me a little bit sad because I would rather be at home playing a video game than <laughs> exactly. be at work on a conference call. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> go, going is, back this to is the corporate life, right? Going back to PlayStation Store and the fact that it's always yes. broken. What uh, yes. what's been like your most recent problem? Because I haven't had any problems with it lately. Um, to be honest with you, I get a, I'm a, I'm a little f- afraid that it's more my actual PS4 than it is the PlayStation Network, Ooh. which like I almost don't even want to talk about it because like talking about it makes it real. But um, it just like. Uh, I don't have any problems with my account, but sometimes like when I'm coming out of a game, I can't load Netflix. Like it'll, it'll, it does the little drop down menu where it shows you all your TV and video apps and like none of them will show up. So I have to restart my system, that kind of thing. And then just the other day, because PlayStation Network's having a 
Flash sale right now, and most of it's garbage per usual. But they had the uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider like special edition that comes with all the DLC, right? Which is still you still buy you still buy sixty bucks. And I actually looked on online and Amazon; it still sells for like fifty or sixty bucks. But it was on sale for like twenty five dollars. And I was like, yeah, I'll Ooh. buy that. I don't know I know I want to play it, so might as well if it's that much on sale. And then I I tried like three different times, and I would click into like the game page, and just nothing would load. It would just sit at like the spinning little icons forever and then like oop error message and so i would go uh-huh. back in try to do it again same thing and i was like you know what fuck you then sony like you're not guess you're not getting my 25 dollars. i'm just not buying this game that actually that sounds more like a problem like with your network but i mean i have no issues with my internet ever well like you know how sony does like the weird nat types for voice chat and stuff i wonder if there's something sure. weird with their store I doubt it. Like, because I, I, I definitely have had that problem before with multiplayer games because it's always like set to strict NAT type or whatever, and I'm not smart enough to figure out how to change it and do whatever I need to do. But like all the like for years and years, all the way back through PS3 days, like the PlayStation Store, the PlayStation Network, actually on the OS has always been janky piece of shit. Yeah, and I remember when the PS4 launched, I was like, how do you possibly fuck this up so bad again? Because the PS3 network was so terrible and the playstation store was so terrible on ps3 it took forever for things to load obviously the download times were insanely slow and just like it wouldn't load screens it took forever yeah the people kind UI of why it was really it that poor. because the um because it was free online whereas like yes. on on the on xbox 360 you know you had to pay the gold subscription right but now like you are paying ps plus and so the fact that that stuff still doesn't work for some people is really shitty. yeah and and I'm not even worried about like the actual connectivity, like online multiplayer side, which right. is a whole other thing. Cause like I never use that, so why am I paying sixty bucks for it? But the actual like it's just it's mostly the store. I mean, I have problems on the OS and things like that, and I, I'm assuming it's the OS. I don't really know. Where like my actual homepage, things aren't loading and it has problems. Blah blah blah. But it's mostly the store. Like anytime I try to use the store, it just takes forever to load. And, like, pages break. I can't buy things. Like, I tried to buy a game. This was a couple weeks ago. And I tried to buy a game. It went through the whole process with my credit card. And then I got an error message. And it just, like, totally, the PlayStation Store just totally crashed. And I couldn't download it. And I'm like, okay, so now what? Now I got to call my fucking credit card company, see if this charge went through. Because I don't want to go buy it again just in case. Because then I have to deal with customer support. And it's just like, like, don't, why do I have to deal with that? Like this is we live in the in the age of the internet. Fucking everything is on the internet. No one buys anything in a fucking store anymore. If you're gonna have an online store like that, which is super convenient, make it convenient. Like yeah. make it have basic functionality to make it work. It's just really frustrating because I want to give them my money. Like all I'm trying to do, Sony, is give you my money, <laughs> and you're not letting me give you money. Like come on, fix your shit. So yes. So welcome to the Shades Everything podcast, everybody. That's, I feel like that's a strong hate start to the episode. Uh, we're setting the tone early, strong. Yeah. Um, but the last couple episodes we've been going through, taking a look back at like all the E3 press conferences, talking about those games. And so now we'll get more into kind of a regular flow of the episode. So this episode may be a little bit shorter than um, you've been used to the past couple ones. But today, uh, there are a couple little pieces of news, but primarily the big news things that we were going to talk about are centered around uh, San Diego Comic-Con, which is at the time of this recording is currently ongoing. And before we get into that, I just kind of wanted to talk about, which is, I feel like, part of what's happening at San Diego Comic-Con this year. It just feels like there is so much 
cool shit out there now compared to how it was even a couple years ago. Like, there are so many awesome nerd-related or nerd-tangential movies that I'm interested in, so many new shows that I want to watch, so many video games coming out. I feel like the big narrative have been has been like 2017 is such a strong year for video games, which I totally agree, but I look at the games that I've played this year and the games that are already out that I want to play, and I feel like there aren't that many. Like, I looked at my list. I've played eight games this year. That's like a game a month, and a lot of those games, things like Mass Effect Andromeda, you know, I put 20, 25 hours in, but I certainly didn't fucking finish the game, and so I wouldn't qualify that as, like, I quote-unquote played this game. I didn't finish it. And so it's just weird to me to have all of these amazing games that are out this year that I'm just not interested in. You know, I'm just not, I don't like the genre or I'm not interested in like the style of game. Have you experienced that all? Or has it been like, have you been overwhelmed with the amount of great games to play? Um, well, hmm. So no, I've not been overwhelmed with great games to play, but I feel like I've had a steady trickle of things. And then I've also had enough time in between to touch on things from the last couple of years that I never got to play. Like I have okay. Quantum Break installed because I got that on the Steam sale, and I, I know like, I know the thing, like, p- people didn't really like that game, right? Um, <laughs> but I, I just want to because it's it's an interesting, a really interesting concept, right? Blending yeah, a TV show cool and a game at the same there, time, yeah. And I don't yeah. know that they executed on them particularly well, but I kind of want to find that out for myself. Um, sure. So I have that to play. I haven't played that yet, and like I've gotten into some betas and alphas and stuff. I've been playing those recently, but I feel like I've. I've never had nothing to play. Yeah, yeah. And it's not like that for me either. It's not like I'm sitting wishing I had more games to play. I mean, like, maybe there's a tiny bit of that, but it's not like I'm not lamenting the fact that there aren't more good games. It's more just like games like Neo and whatever, Persona Zero and like Splatoon 2 just came out. And granted, I don't own a Switch, so I couldn't play it even if I had or even if I wanted to. But like, I just feel like there are a lot of games that are of a high quality that I'm glad other people are enjoying, but that aren't for me. Like, I don't really care about those games. It just isn't a weird spot, because I feel like in years past, like, I look back to 2014, which was pretty widely considered a very weak year when it came to to games, but last year, 2015, both fairly strong years with lots of big hitting games that I really liked and and put a lot of hours into, and this year just hasn't been that way for me. I mean, for me, the biggest game that I've enjoyed, that I've gotten a lot of experience out of, early two. There have been Horizon Zero Dawn, obviously, and then Final Fantasy XII, which I'm currently playing, but that one doesn't really count, because, like, it's a remaster of an old game, like, it doesn't qualify as a 2017 game, whatever. It just seems, it just feels weird weird like it feels like i don't feel like this normally happens for me with video games hmm interesting i yeah i don't know I, my big one for this year has been prey um okay i've but you're also playing zelda which has been a huge game oh that's like a good put point some time in the horizon so so like I, I feel like with you there are big hitting games that you may not have put a ton of time into but like you have at least you were at least interested enough in them to play them. Like, I, yeah. I'm not going to get Neo, period. Like, I know I don't give a shit about that game. I, I did play I may... that for a few hours. And I okay, it, sure. it was, I could tell it was a good one of those games. Um, yeah, I yeah. just wasn't, you know, wasn't motivated to keep playing. Because I, I also, I wanted to get The Surge, which is, again, another mm-hmm. Souls-like. Mm-hmm. Um, and, or, yeah, the, the, sur- the Scourge? The Surge. The Surge. Surge. Um, and I, I do want to go back and play more of that. It's just things that are higher on my priority list are yeah. demanding my attention 
yeah, I get that. It just, I don't know. I just wanted to bring it up because it feels odd. And we'll get into this a little bit later on in Hate of the Week. A little spoiler for a, a little teaser, I should say, for Hate of the Week. Spoiler part of it coming up Part of it for me is just, it's kind of hard to go back and play games that aren't current when I know there are a lot of current games that I should play, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because I, I have I have a huge backlog, not just in my Steam library, which is like completely overwhelming. I have way too many games in my Steam library to ever play through all of them. But even on PS4, I went through and I was cleaning my, you know, video game box the other day, kind of um, reorganizing a little bit, and I discovered so many games that like I forgot I have like I have GTA 5, and I never played it. I have Far Cry 4, and I probably put five hours into that the first time around. And it's like, oh, there are these huge dozens of hours of game that I have in here that I could play. But, like, why play that when I feel like I should go play a new game instead? But more on that later. Much, much larger conversation topic for that. So, beyond... The litany of great games that we don't care about. <laughs> what games have you been playing? What stuff have you been watching? What you've been reading? Um, uh, so, in terms of reading, I've been um, reading a potential fall play candidate for the high school I work at. Uh, and I th- okay for next year. Yeah, I think I think this is the one I'm gonna go with. My co-director found it. Um, it's called "You Can't Beat the House." Um, it's okay. about two burglars break into a house and it turns out the house is actually for sale so there's like nothing really valuable in it ah. uh, and then the clients that are going to be being shown the house they show up while they're still there so they have to pretend they're the real estate agents and then the real estate okay. agent shows up so then they have to pretend they're the clients and get the real estate agent out and then the oh client- while like managing both parties at the same time trying to make sure they don't get in the room together. yeah and then the police show up yeah. and then so they're trying to pretend there's someone else and then like mm-hmm. this other person comes in who's like a medium because the house is supposedly haunted and all this other stuff and it, it's just like <laughs> this huge clusterfuck and like a giant like right. trying to balance the situation and the two the two robber dudes one of them's a little smarter than the other one Right. Uh, there's sure. always the dumb one and the dumb one keeps mucking things up and like they're the smart ones trying to get the hell out. But the the dumb ones like, no, we got to try and help them solve their marriage problems. Like it's mm. really ridiculous. And it's got a frenetic and unforgiving pace that I think will be a lot of fun. Um, so well, I know um, when I was in school high school that is where, where you're working like one of the big things that we always tried to do in the fall like we always wanted to do a comedy and we always wanted it to be like a fairly big cast to give lots of people opportunities and typically that ended up coming down to being we did a lot like a lot of murder mysteries like comedic murder mysteries because yeah. they always have a big cast and they're just fun for the other students at the school to watch because they don't necessarily care about Shakespeare they don't care about a lot of the heavy dramas like they want something fun to watch so it seems like at least with this show, not falling into the murder mystery mold, but it's still that like physical comedy kind of uh, off the wall sort of comedy. So yeah, I, I still want to keep fits. it a comedy to keep like the students engaged in it, right? Uh, when they're yeah. watching, because you're right, the majority of them don't give a shit. Um, so <laughs> and, you know, anything with loud noises, screaming, running around, it'll keep their attention because they're all <laughs> right. five years old. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even the seniors in high school are five years old when they're watching a play. <laughs> Um, and so, but like, that's why I'm also this year, I'm going to be doing, um, 
uh, I'm going to set up like a black box on the stage and uh, do monologues for the kids that are really interested in like, yeah, like digging deep, you know, and kind of really trying sure. to expand, um, expand their uh, the uh, the number of roles they can play and and their theater experience. So, because I think that's that's more valuable than doing comedies and stuff for people who are interested in theater, right? Yeah, for uh, for the actors, yes, certainly. Yeah, and then you know we'll do our spring musical like always. But yeah, I mean we right. for years and years and years did. Um, and this is not you know a knock against the previous director, but uh, for years we've done murder mysteries every single fall. It's always been a murder mystery, and so this past year we just did a comedy, and everyone was like, "Oh, thank God it wasn't another murder mystery," <laughs> because like yeah. I mean I you know, and the previous director she did it for thirty odd years and. You know, how do you not just try and fall into a rhythm with it, right? Especially when it's not your primary yeah. job. She was also the AP English teacher, so. Right. Like, yeah, I, I understand why it was the way it was, but I'm I'm glad that now there I have a co-director and both of us can tackle this thing, that we just have more resources between the two of us and more man hours that we can put in to be able to kind of stretch out a bit and do some other things. So I think that's gonna be good for the program uh and and good for community interest hopefully um yeah but yeah so i'm pretty sure i found that um in terms of what i've been watching i went and saw dunkirk in theaters yes i saw you wrote that on the list of things to talk about and i'm very excited to hear your thoughts because i i definitely want to see it so it i like christopher nolan um i think the things he does with his sound design and soundtracks are subtle and effective uh okay and this is absolutely no different i mean it's there are are many moments that are frightening because you know it's these troops are they're stuck on a beachhead right and the germany german soldiers are closing in and then you know it's the whole thing about dunkirk was all these civilian ships came and rescued like three hundred thousand soldiers off the beach at dunkirk um and it's like the, the way they tell the story is very interesting. I don't want to spoil it for you, but um, the it kind of hops between a few characters and it jumps a little bit around time frame wise, mm-hmm. which was a little jarring. And I don't know that it was explained well. And there are also some okay. numbers and figures that show up at the beginning whose meaning I can only really guess at because it was not made clear as to what they were referring to. So that kind of was like mm. bothering me the whole movie because I wasn't quite sure what they <laughs> meant by the numbers. Um, right. And there were a couple of things that just weren't clear and some characters that I wasn't sure needed to be in it at all. Um, I felt like they were there to maybe pad out the experience a little bit or maybe to um, maybe to bring some human element to um, certain groups that were involved. But um, well, and then you have uh, Mr. Harry Styles from One Direction in there to get all the tweens in the seats, right? But also for this like World War II war movie, yeah, but, you need all the little uh, teeny bopper girls also, to come watch uh, it. Kenneth Branagh from Wallander, he's in it. Fucking yeah, Kenneth Branagh. Oh, I love Kenneth Branagh. Yeah, I was actually I didn't know he was in it, so I was very surprised uh, when when mm-hmm. he popped up on screen. But it's you know it. Um, I was like my butt cheeks were clenched like the whole movie. It's just intense <laughs> and it, yeah. you're just anxious the whole time. And I think he does a really good job of Christopher Nolan does a really good job of making the audience feel 
as the soldiers feel. Uh, I, I think he okay. does a really good job with that uh, and just the way the scenes are directed and everything. So there were a couple things that I thought were maybe like superfluous, like characters and shots and little scenes and some things that were confusing a little bit to me that maybe I might need to watch the movie a second time to to mm. parse. But I thought it was a really, really strong flick. Um, what What inspired you to go see it? Uh, ever since I just saw that the, it's Christopher Nolan. I mean, I just, I'm a really big World War II buff kind of guy. Okay. I mean, not that I know a lot of facts. I just, I like it. I, I like yeah. shooting name one grand, um, as <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've talked about before. But, uh, it, and so my friend and I saw the trailer and we're like, we are going to see this when it comes out. And then yeah. before we knew it, the time was here. And so he reminded me that it was out and we went and went and saw it. So, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited to go see it. I'm, I'm trying to figure out when I'm going to do it, if I'm just going to like go see it in the, during the week or what, because I've kind of established this rhythm of seeing movies on Sunday mornings because tickets are much cheaper at this theater I go to. And the theater by me has these amazing seats that are like big leather recliners. Yes. So there are fewer people in That's the theater. What we did. But also like if you go on a Sunday morning here, tickets are like six fifty, which mm. when we when I was a kid, that was the normal ticket price. Right. But now like if you want to go see a movie on a Saturday night, it's like eleven bucks. Yep. If I'm bringing my wife, we get a drink, it's a popcorn, it's like fifty dollars to go see a fucking movie. <laughs> so I usually try to go on on Sunday mornings and you'd think that there would be like more kids on Sunday mornings but I feel like they end up coming in the afternoon anyway it's just been that's been like prime time time to go see movies. yeah that's so good I may yeah, try we, to go see yeah see anytime I go Sunday. see a movie now it's the Cinemark I think DX or XD Cinemark XD they have the leather recliners here in Ohio yeah. so that's the theater that we go to that does that it's just so freaking nice and like, because yep. even with the recliner out, your feet up, there's still enough space for people to walk by. It's yeah. God, it's perfect, beautiful. Um, it's good living. Yeah, and I, I finally got about watching Sherlock series four. So it'd been a long time since okay. I watched Sherlock. So I, I watched all four series kind of in sequence. Yeah, we did the same thing before season four came out. Yeah, I, I just kind of wanted to refresh myself with those characters mm-hmm. and and what they had been through. And so I, I thought series four was was really good it was a bit of a shock finding out who the villain was um yeah yeah i and i have a a review of it on my site i just posted not too long ago because we we were watching it a bit behind as well i was i mean i don't want to go into like spoilers of it because i know it's such a popular show and uh it just recently got added to netflix so i'm sure a lot of other people are watching it now for the first time like the whole reveal was really really amazing and when it happened it was one of those like holy fuck my entire life has changed kind of reveals yeah like having not not put the pieces together beforehand but i felt like the resolution to that and like the that last episode of the season that wasn't super i strong. just felt kind of underwhelmed yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah i just didn't feel like it really came together i feel like they, they needed another episode because yes. it felt very rushed and it definitely the end and I felt like they were trying to capture the magic of the Moriarty stuff again instead of just moving forward with right. like a different take. And it just felt a little bit contrived in that sense. Sure. But that show is so, so cool. And, I mean, Benedict Cumberbatch and um, – fuck, I always forget Martin his name. Martin Freeman. It embarrasses me. Martin Freeman, thank you. Uh, I love both of them. They're both phenomenal yeah, they, actors. They really and, are. Uh, just the, the the way that they work together is really, really cool. I like how those characters interact. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. Um, Very good show. Yeah, and I also watched Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 4. I finished that. 
and that that I haven't seen yet. I honestly completely forgot that I needed to watch it, and I know it's on Netflix now, so I need to check that out for sure. Okay, I, I was just like, mm. it was it was fine, and but they did like a really generic sci-fi trope was the is the whole crux of the season, and I was just a little eye rolly for me. Um, okay, but I you know took a deep breath, got over it, and decided to just go along for the ride, and I had a decent they time do- with it. Are, is there a bigger focus on the whole Inhumans subplot? No. Okay. Because that was a big thing in season three, I guess it was, as the like explanation of why these people are getting superpowers. Remember? Yeah. Maybe not. About the, well, uh, the okay. Terragenesis stuff? Yes. Because the whole, the whole point is, really, these people that were developing superpowers, if, it, if, if, if all things being equal, they would have been mutants. But Fox owns the rights to the X-Men, so they can't be mutants. So Marvel decided, oh, we'll make them inhumans instead. They have this, like, whatever Kree blood or whatever the hell, and that's what's giving them these superpowers. And now that they have announced an Inhumans TV show, I'm curious, because I haven't seen season four of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. yet, I'm curious if there will be any overarching there. So because it, they seem to go hand in hand. Right, well, because, like, it, the... The process of teragenesis and the whole inhuman thing has already been established, and so it, it is a yeah. part of what's going on. But it's it's sure. not like like it's it's included and mentioned, yeah. and there are like some parts of it that are intertwined into the main story. But that's not the focus. They're not like trying to get to the bottom no. of it anymore because they've, right. they've, they've already, already done, done that. that. So that it's just sense. like a fact that of that universe they've crafted. Um, How was Ghost Rider? Uh, better than Nicolas Cage. <laughs> actually <laughs> okay. i thought he did a pretty nice job and like at first the first time he popped up i was like oh god damn it fucking ghost right this is so stupid but then they actually did some <laughs> kind of neat things with his character cool. and like they kind of made him a cool dude um and mm-hmm. he like he does some pretty badass stuff so um yeah i don't know i like I'm excited i, I to feel watch pretty it. That, good that, about it that that show has been I was really invested in the first season and I like totally on board for this like fun ride. Yeah. And then the way that um, Captain America, the winter soldier ended with them completely destroying shield kind of like put the halt on the TV show and had made it change trajectory completely. And then there was the whole turn with what's his face where he just randomly is a bad guy. And it was like never hinted at or said about any, it was like one of the, it was one of those like really terrible twists. Yeah. That's completely out of nowhere for no reason. And that really soured me. And then like, because they really liked that actor and I do too, they like kept contriving new ways to keep him on the show, even though his character kept dying. And then like, Oh, well now he's possessed by this thing. And then that dies. And then, Oh, well now he's this character and then he dies. And so it's been like a very up and down road for agents of shield. And I feel like there are new characters on it all the time. And like they write off these other characters. And I know, um, the chick who played mocking Jay and I mean, it's been a really long time since I've watched it. So I unfortunately don't really remember character names anymore, but the, the really hot tall chick, she was in, in the comics. Right. She's supposed to be mocking, not mocking bird rather, not mocking Jay. But, uh, and then there's the like quippy British short guy. Um, they like, were going to have a spinoff show, but that got canceled before it even happened. And so like they wrote them off, but then wanted to keep them around. It's just, it, that show has been a bit of a mess and I know ratings haven't been great for it either, but I just have this like love for the show as like an underdog kind of show. Like I want it to succeed, but I also 
totally recognize its many, many flaws. <laughs> yeah, I... I'm trying to... Okay, so the whole... the All right. You said a lot of stuff. Well, I mean, uh, the, we don't need to go into, like... Don't go into spoilers or anything, because I'm going to watch it. No, I, I, just, I just want you to know that the stuff about the character who goes bad that, like, kind of wasn't... It wasn't really given a good reason as to why he goes bad. I th- uh-huh. think they kind of sort of indirectly address that in season four. Okay. That's all, that's all, all right. I'll say. I... Yeah, I, I might need to go back and like watch season one and two to kind of see exactly how that happened. But I feel yeah. like what they do in season four may actually somewhat have a justification for that. So I don't know. Okay. You'll I'll talk to you about it when you've seen it. Yeah, somewhere. and that that's one of the shows where like now that I, since I was reminded that it was all available, I wanted to go watch it. But kind of going into the stuff that I've been watching, we just picked up HBO now so like their HBO's you know standalone streaming service that you pay monthly yeah uh, because so we could watch Game of Thrones and that way I wouldn't have to like illegally download it or deal with that like I'm like we'll pay $15 a month to watch Game of Thrones that's fine and so obviously we watched the premiere episode it was phenomenal I have a review on my site I can't like I'm so excited that show's back <laughs> but I wanted to make sure we were taking advantage of paying all this money and so now we're watching a shit ton of other HBO shows while we have this subscription so I've been watching uh, we watched the first season of Togetherness which I don't know if you have any context for that show but it's by the Duplass brothers and you know Mark Duplass because he played Pete on The League I did not watch The League well, then you have no idea what the fuck I'm talking about then. <laughs> but it's a, real, it's a really good show. It's very, like, quote-unquote, real-to-life, kind of serial comedy kind of a show. Um, a lot of mature themes, obviously, because it's HBO. Yeah. But it's just really, really uh, well-acted and written. And I'm, I'm really greatly enjoying that Kelly and I are watching it. And there's a lot of, like, a lot of the storyline is about... Um, relationships and especially like the marriage between the two main characters because their marriage is kind of failing for several different reasons and it's just been a really good show for Kelly and I because it's kind of sparked a lot of good conversations about like what matters in a marriage and what we things we need to work on and continue continue to like grow together so I've really appreciated the show because of that yeah um, we also watched we just actually literally last night um, just started watching Westworld which when this was announced it was everybody was like oh this is going to be the next game of thrones like this is the new big show um and it's really fascinating because kind of the concept is and we're only three episodes in so we're still kind of putting the pieces together oh this is out already. kind of the con yeah yeah oh, the first okay. season aired and they just announced the second season so um it's just when they announced it, everybody was, like, freaking out about it and saying... Like, the way that Game of Thrones took the world by storm, everybody was like, Westworld's gonna do that now. Like, that's HBO's next Game of Thrones. So we've watched the first three episodes of the first season, and the basic concept is it is a... I don't even know how to fucking explain this show. It takes place in the future, and there is basically, like, an amusement park that is the Wild West... And all of the people that live in the park are, like, cyborg people. Like, they're not real people. They're whatever. 
but like they do have some sort of consciousness and that's like a major theme of the show of like some of them are starting to awaken and realize where they are and who they are cuz they all believe that they are you know this cowboy from this little town like they think that that is their reality okay and some of them are like figuring out that maybe that isn't the case they're like little glitches happening and we also get insight into like the people that run the park and anthony hopkins plays the guy who kind of like invented this whole thing and mm. he clearly is like off his rocker and maybe um instigating some of this awakening that's happening it's a really fascinating concept and there are a lot of really good actors in it um it's, it's hard to say because we're only three episodes in, but part of my struggle with the show is it's very mysterious and they lay out a lot of different plot lines and a lot of them feel pretty disparate right now. And like, I trust that it's a good show and I trust that they will come together in some sort of way, but I'm not seeing those threads yet. Okay. And so a lot of stuff that happens feels like... I don't know why I just spent 10 minutes watching this. It doesn't feel like it matters at all. I would argue that and that's it, very not... similar to the beginning of Game of Thrones. Um, just a lot of very disparate storylines happening, like Daenerys over across fair. the sea, the White Walkers, all the yeah, different... Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I would say that's and, very similar. And obviously similar. That, was, that was a much different experience for me, having like been familiar with that world before and like i don't mean to totally compare westworld and game of thrones because like the people behind it are not the same at all like there's no connection there it was more just like the hype around it and so that's where the comparisons are drawn okay i just i'm finding myself like i'm still intrigued i still want to watch it and see how it comes together and there's a lot of interesting stuff happening but on the whole i'm just kind of like i like i don't know how i feel about it yet and i also find it very interesting because when it the show launched it was everywhere. Everybody was fucking talking about it. And then I feel like that died down really quickly. But the show was also nominated for like 22 Emmy Awards. Oh, so geez. clearly it's good. Right. Um, I mean, maybe not necessarily clearly. It depends on how much you trust, you know, people that award the Emmy nominations. But there's some value to the show, clearly, I should say. Yeah. Uh, so I'm curious to keep watching that. And I hope that it comes to better than it seems like it is right now i don't know it's just a very weird show um and then finally i watched also the first three episodes of the newsroom which uh that show came out a couple years ago there were three seasons it's an aaron sorkin piece and if you're not familiar with aaron sorkin he did like the social network west wing sports night Kind of his, he's very much what you would consider like an O tour. Like all his stuff definitely has a similar feel. Okay. Um, the characters talk incredibly quickly, and there are like no pauses ever in conversation. Everyone's like rapid fire all the time. And I wouldn't say it's like necessarily a witty kind of a thing, but it's definitely like highly intelligent. And to be honest, like I've never been a huge Aaron Sorkin person. I feel like his stuff feels a little fake intellectual like he when he writes he's sitting with an open thesaurus because he wants to put in a bunch of big words like i'm like i'm not like not literally like i'm not putting forth judgment i don't know the guy but like that's how the stuff comes across it comes across a little condescending and pretentious and particularly with the newsroom i mean i'm i'm gonna say like i had heard really great things about the show a couple of friends that i have fucking loved it and it was only three seasons and i was like oh well this would be a quick easy watch since we have hbo for two months and after watching the first three episodes i'm not going to continue watching it i just i dislike all of the characters i don't find them particularly interesting 
the 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 conceit of the show is i mean the title it's a newsroom it's this dude who is very bright very politically minded who got incredibly successful by putting out a news show that both conservatives and liberals liked because he was very safe and so now he is reinventing himself and taking a stand on the things that he believes in and part of what is hard for me as a fiscal conservative and social moderate is that on the show he is a self-proclaimed republican like the character is but that is complete bullshit and it is only an excuse for him to talk about how terrible modern republicans are and like it's one of those where like like a white person can't talk about how shitty black people are, but if it was a black person delivering the same lines, it doesn't feel racist. It's the similar thing. Where like if this news guy was a liberal saying the things he was saying, it would be bullshit Hollywood offensiveness. But because they pretend and say that he's a Republican, it's like, oh, well, he can say whatever he wants. And it just feels like bullshit. I always okay. like political shows that aren't afraid to like be what they are. Like I love house of cards because Frank Underwood is a Democrat who is more moderate on a lot of things. And like he fights with the Democrats because of that. And also obviously fights with the Republicans a lot because he disagrees with them a lot, but I never feel like what he believes and says goes against his political ideologies. Fucking everything this character on the newsroom says make I'm like, dude, you are not a Republican at all. Nothing you are saying makes me think that you are a Republican. Like if you like it, 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 it's very annoying. And that's not even as someone that is more conservative, moderate and not liberal. Like it's not even that it just feels fake and it really annoys me and feels dishonest to the character but the larger complaint is that it's just a fucking pretentious show and i don't think it's good so, <laughs> so you think i should watch that's... it right that's i'm coming away from that with, with that knowledge <laughs> everyone like, go watch the newsroom i mean <laughs> it's certainly a quote-unquote smart show but like it's that kind of smarmy smartness that isn't it doesn't set out to educate its audience it sets out to say you should already know this fucking moron uh -oh. and that it just is so because like the whole conceit is like his core thing is like he believes that american voters should be educated on what's happening so they can vote for really what they believe and have the news not be manipulated by corporations and by politics and that ideology like yes like i will clap for that all day long if that was a politician saying that 100 percent, you have my vote like that is what the news should be not this sensationalist kind of obsessed with ratings and viewers and like clearly showcasing a person's personal opinion on the news, which is supposed to be about fact and education, like all of that, yes, 100%. But the show doesn't do that whatsoever. Right. All it is is him yelling about his opinion and what he thinks and why he is smart and everyone else is stupid. It's like so dichotomous and terrible. That show sucks. I'm sorry. <laughs> it just does. It sucks. Um, but just quickly. Uh, this episode of the Shea Hates Everything podcast brought to you by the creators of the newsroom. Um, <laughs> probably yeah, lost exactly. the sponsorship. 
<laughs> Yet again. <Yeah. laughs> Losing them before we even get them. <laughs> um, but we've, we've also, and this is not HBO related, but Kelly and I, we always like to have shows to watch. Because like we have a standing Friday night date night where either we'll like order Uber Eats, so we'll go out and get dinner, we'll make dinner at home, and then we get drunk. And like that's like our standing Friday night thing. We've been doing it for months and months and months, and it's a great time. So we always want to have a show to watch while we drink so we can make up a drinking game, and it's not something we really have to pay attention to. So we've been watching, because like... This is how I got into Jersey Shore, and yes, it's embarrassing. My defense about the Jersey Shore is I don't give a shit about any of those people. If every episode was an hour of all of them lighting themselves on fire, I would enjoy it just as much as what the show actually is. I think they're all deplorable human beings. I watch it specifically to make fun of them and feel better about myself. I'm not invested in the characters. I don't give a shit about the relationships. It's not like how people watch reality TV. That's my defense of the Jersey Shore. But we also watch like competition shows. And I don't like competition shows that feel orchestrated or like for shock value. Like America's Got Talent, whatever. Like so much of that shit is just dumb and for shock value i want to watch a competition show with people who are talented doing things that are good so we watch a lot of dance shows so we're watching so you think you can dance which we've been watching for years that shows amazing dance is one of those art forms that like i could never do it which only makes me respect it so much more and just the ability for people to like express all these like inner feelings and thoughts and emotions and just use their entire body to express those things. I just think is very magical. Um, but there's also a new show called world of dance, which is a, s- a similar thing, but it's like, so they have kid dancers, soloists, adult groups, that kind of thing. And it was a spinoff of, uh, the YouTube channel world of dance, which I've been following for a long time. Cause I, in my deepest heart of hearts want to be a hip hop dancer. And so they have a lot of hip hop dance on world of dance. So I like to watch those videos, but we watch both of those shows a lot because I like watching dancers be good at dance. And we also, of course are watching American Ninja warrior. Cause that show's amazing. Yes. Um, so just wanted to throw those out. All of those are on Hulu and uh, those are really fun Friday night watches. Um, so now that I've been super long-winded about uh, my hate for the newsroom and confusion <laughs> over Westworld and uh, dislike of reality TV, what video games have you been playing? Um, so I got into the Destiny 2 beta, and I played that, and that game sure yes. is Destiny. Um, yep, I, I've been playing it as well. I was excited to talk to you it about feel, it. Like, it still just it feels great, man. And that's the thing that kept drawing me back to the first Destiny is... No other console shooter feels as good to play as Destiny. I think it is, yeah. in my opinion, which is fact, that it is the best, <laughs> <laughs> the best feeling console FPS. Like more so than Call of Duty, even. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think it feels better than Call of Duty, just because the pace of the enemies, everything is designed around really solid, tight gunplay, and then they yeah. have all the you know this loot system and everything that kind of plays into you're slowly increasing your character's level, yada yada yada. Um, and it just the game's got some style to it, um, and it feels great. And I know I'm gonna buy it when it comes out because that's my thing about it. Like honestly, I've been frustrated playing the demo just because 
and we talked about this before it even came out, but just the stuff they've included isn't enough to sell me on it because it is, it's just the same thing. Like the story mission that's in it, it is better than the story missions in the first game. Like there is actual story and like characters and you interact with NPCs during the missions, which is cool. And then there's the strike, which feels like literally nothing about that strike feels different than strikes you played in the first game. And like I, played around a little bit with the pvp i just don't like competitive shooters and so that's not something i'm really going to dive into but like playing those i'm like yep this is more destiny i definitely put a lot of time into the first destiny but i didn't have fun with most of it so no thank you but then i sit and think about it, i'm like i'm i'm buying this game yeah like, I'm like not but also not the thing with destiny, destiny is too. you you also didn't play it with people a whole lot you were playing it solo right. a lot with, and then like grouping with randoms for raids and stuff yes like my I only ever played Destiny when I was playing with someone else, and I had a much better time for it. Yeah, um, and so that's and that, that's, that's exclusively totally how I intend to play Destiny too. Yeah, I just need to make more friends. That's the basic yeah. core of the problem. <laughs> yeah, well, because you know, like I've tried to play, you know, I've been playing Overwatch recently too, mm-hmm. and I've been, you know, tried to play that by myself, and I just I have told myself I will not play that if I'm not playing with people I know. Um, yeah for overwatch just i'll just do the same thing with destiny and if that means i don't get a whole lot of hours out of it that's fine um but i i know when i am playing with my friends it's going to be a really good time it's going to feel good and that's enough to justify the price for me at least it just i just get frustrated because they could have done so much more with destiny 2 having taken a break after that most recent DLC and like said, okay, we're not going to put out any more little small updates. We're going to focus full on on the sequel and even delaying it. Like they just could have done so much more with this game. And it just feels like the same fucking game again, just theoretically with more of it and like really small, you know, quality of life tweaks, which are all smart, but it's just like, I don't know. I just can't help but feel disappointed that this is the destiny 2 we're getting considering destiny 1 was so far away from what that game could have and should have been and this was their opportunity to like write that ship and i just they just didn't at all and that really bums me out but then again i'm also totally part of the problem because i'm gonna buy this fucking game and so i'm contributing to the issue and it just the whole situation makes me angry at Bungie, at activision and mostly at myself yeah, I think, like, for you, you keep wanting Destiny to be something that it's not instead of just accepting it for what it clearly is and just, like, being okay with that, <laughs> you but know? What it, cl- what it clearly is is a mechanically sound shooter that is incredibly repetitive. Like yes, the actual yeah, it's an MMO, dude. The, that's what that's what they all are. See, I don't, I don't <laughs> think so, man. Because MMOs have story, and this yes seems to have an improved main story. But MMOs have side missions. They have emergent stories that happen. They have those like holy shit moments that you tell your friends about the next day. And Destiny 1 had fucking none of that. Like, yes, it had some of the mystery, especially with the Taken King DLC that came out. Like, on the ship, there were things to discover. But they were so, like, obtuse and random. And it was like, once you figured out how to do it, it's just 
rinse, wash, and repeat over and over and over again. Like, once those hidden things were discovered, there was nothing else to it. It was just, yet again, doing the same shit over and over again. And nothing I've seen about Destiny 2 makes me feel like that has changed. It totally could have. Like, you know... I hope, I hope, hope, hope that they're holding their clo- their cards close to the vest and they have a lot of that mystery and that emergent story that will happen that you would expect in an MMO. It just, to me, feels like Destiny takes the worst parts of an MMO, which is like the grind and the repetition, and the worst parts of a shooter, which is like not having characters and story, and combines them together. Like, that sounds like a shitty game to me. <laughs> <laughs> We're still going to get it. No, you're fucking right I am, because I am an idiot and I hate myself. Yep. Uh, I've also been so playing... So expect lots all- more bitching about Destiny 2 come September. Yeah, yeah. oh, for sure. Uh, I've been playing a lot of Fortnite, because that released for... Mm-hmm. It released a few days ago for uh, people with the who had um, beta access, I think. Okay. So I got in a day earlier than even the four-day early pre-order people, um, and then I've been playing it since. And speaking of Fortnite, I really need to play that today so I can get my bonus XP. So like every day you get a lot of bonus experience uh, for like the first couple missions that you play. Okay. So I totally need to cash in on that. There's also like daily login rewards. That game is like systems on systems on systems. It's like every free-to-play nightmare model, but... They at least have it so you can earn everything in-game. You know, it's not... The only, like, purchase part is if you want to buy more of those, like, pinata packs that have random shit in them. Right. um, More loot boxes. But, like, I've found that I'm earning loot boxes at a pretty good clip anyways. uh, Because they're, like, daily challenges and, like, just ongoing challenges that you can complete that give you the currency that you can use to buy stuff. Um Mm -hmm. Uh, and then as part of like daily login rewards, if you play for a week, you get a free box and stuff like that. So, um, I don't know. <laughs> game is, it's pretty cool. It'd be a lot more fun if I was playing with someone I knew. Cause right now I'm just playing with randoms, but even gotcha. that's still been pretty fun. Um, yeah. like does the teamwork aspect work when you're not playing with people who, you know? Yeah, because it's so at the part that I'm at, like I'm still pretty early on in terms of like level and stuff. It's not that hard. Like, I sometimes I set up these really elaborate tower defense setups, and then I just kill all of the enemies before they even reach the front door. Like, mm-hmm. so th- that's been an issue. And then also, um, now I did go into an area where I was supremely underleveled. Like, it said the thing was like, oh, it's for level five to nine characters, and I was level six. and um, Or I was lightning six I don't know if that's a level, but lightning six was the number <laughs> and the symbol assigned to me. And I was like, okay, yeah, you know, just hop in here, random mission or whatever. But I think I hopped into someone else's match who was a much higher lightning than me. Gotcha. And all of the enemies were lightning 19. <laughs> and they were like, they were like two shotting all of us. Yeah. But we, we, and we still managed to pull it off and like complete that's the fun. mission, which was really cool. It was hard. And it was awful and terrible, but also kind of fun mm-hmm. um, and neat that we managed to finish it. And I got, like, some cool, rare stuff from it, too, which was kind of extra cool. But sure. uh, the inventory is a problem. And I know, like, f- if you got, like, the super-duper $150 edition, you have, like, bigger backpack and bigger storage stuff. Oh, that's annoying. Uh, yeah. And so the thing I'm not clear on is there's this giant skill tree. And I think throughout the skill tree... I can 
there are spots where I can increase my inventory little by little, mm-hmm. but that's a slow trickle, right? And so it is a lot of managing like, okay, I have a couple of lower level of these traps, so I'll just keep the really rare ones and use them when I really need them, and I'll mm-hmm. recycle the other ones for base components kind of stuff. Um, and there's like, there's a ton of crafting. So like you're picking up constantly getting schematics and you can like level up the schematics to make better versions of stuff. And you get these like defenders who you can spawn in during missions as like extra AI to help shoot, but you have to give them a weapon and ammo. So it's like kind of a, if you want to kind of solo stuff, that's a good way to do it. Um, and I mean, ammo is usually not problem because you can craft it pretty cheap um and it gives you a lot and you can find it in the environment a lot too but there's like a few different ammo types for the different types of weapons and so there's like there's defenders you can spawn in and then there's people you can send out on expeditions to like like they you just send them out and in four hours they return with stuff if they succeeded kind of thing and then there's people you slot into a squad which gives you like buffs for missions and stuff it's really crazy and a lot of them have their own xp bank that they upgrade from and so when you get loot boxes or you complete missions and stuff you're getting xp for those types of characters and things like there's schematic xp there's hero xp for your main people that you play and then there's survivor xp um it's really, really crazy. And then, like, the kind of way you chart your progress through the game is you have a home base that you're returning to and adding traps and stuff onto, um, which is kind of neat. And then you, like, do a giant, big, really hard wave-based thing. Um, and so that's where I've been saving, like, my defenders and stuff. I've been putting them at my home base uh, and giving them weapons and stuff so they can help me defend it as... Because, like, your bubble's expanding, and so then you have, like, more space to build and lay traps as the enemies spawn in and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's really it's really neat, like, the, the mashup of things you can do. And then there are missions where, like, you just have to go and save this many survivors. And if you save extra survivors, you get bonus stuff, like bonus chests at the end of the mission. Um, it's just, it's crazy. There's a lot there. Um, and I know a lot of people were worried about the amount of content going into it at the beginning but there's yeah. there's a ton of shit to do <laughs> like it's it's a pretty big game and the really cool thing is everything in the level is breakable like fucking you could tear an entire building down if you wanted to into base components okay. it might take you a while and in the skill tree there are things that speed up the process of mining stuff um but it's it's really it's a really really fun game i've been having a good time with it and it's got a good style and in our yeah, I really like the, the the visual side of it and the kind of the sense of humor that yeah. I like that from the trailers. Yeah, and like the enemies are very evocative of like the plants versus zombies. Zombies. Yeah, um, it's very much that style which I really like. Um, and yeah, it, it's you know as I'm going, I'm encountering new enemy types as well. And like so that that one match where I was like way out leveled, there were mm-hmm. like six or seven enemy types I'd never seen before, and I had no idea how to fight <laughs> any of them. Right. And so that was that made it extra tough. Um, but I think you know that experience will help me when I finally get there naturally. But sure, it's yeah. just it seems like there's a there's a lot going on. Like I just at my low level, like I'm I think I'm only level six right now. Um, I there are one, two, three, four, five. There's at least seven or eight different types of enemies that I'm encountering, and you know that's not counting like the seven or eight other dudes I saw at the high level. So it seems like there's a sure. good variety of enemies. Um, 
and they and, all kind of require different strategies and have different weaknesses and stuff. Yeah, and like every yeah. time, so like you have a world map that you're jumping into for each mission, and every time you load in uh, to an area, it's randomly generated, but like kind of kind of the same tile set, but just randomly generated from that tile set. And so the mm-hmm. locations of stuff is always different. Um, and so it really it helps keep it fresh, right? It doesn't feel like you're rerun. Pardon me, rerunning the same stuff over and over again. Right. So. It's a really, really cool game. Uh, I think the time it spent in development has been well spent. That's um, good. I, I think, it, and I'm not, I'm, I'm not surprised there are so many things happening in that game, considering how long they've been working on it. That's right. a lot of opportunity to like create new systems and and, and that kind of thing. Right. And, but I'm kind of I'm running into the situation where I did with Warframe, where I'm ju- I jumped back into Warframe. And just so confused by all the shit that's going on. Okay, just because there's um, so much. Yeah, there's so much. And this is that all over again for me. Um, and so it, I don't know that it does a decent job of explaining stuff. But okay. there are people who've been playing it since the alpha yeah, several course. years ago that are like in global chat. And you can just hit them up for questions. That's cool. Which is, is really like neat. The, there's a, a good community for it. Yeah, like I ask a question and within twenty to thirty seconds, like three or four people answer it for me. That's it's awesome. been it's been really cool. Um and that and might because just it's be like a, a caveat of it just having come out. Right. Sure. But like I, I feel like now that I'm knowledgeable and stuff, you know, I've been answering a couple of people's questions in chat too. So I think as a right. community that knowledge base will grow and kind of sustain itself to help new players who are feeling overwhelmed. So, like, if anyone listening to this wants to jump in, just ask questions in chat. If you ever have a question, just ask it, and most people will have an answer for you. Um, I think one of the good things about it, because it's a, like, a co-op competitive shooter, it makes it a lot more, like, there's not as much competition of, like, I want you to do poorly. It it kind of serves everybody that everyone is good. Yeah, so it's, like, you know, by default, it's kind of, um, it's, like, a, a good atmosphere to be in and be a part of and i think they've epic has has a good game there and i'm I'm excited to see where they take it and you know how it expands and grows from where it is so i have they talked at all about about like how they plan to support it yeah so right now like to pay to get in this is the early access but when the game comes out it will be free to play um so that's the kind of of, on pc yes i don't know the console i mean the the disc you have to pay for like i don't think there's a free version on console at least not that i've seen well right so no free versions yet but i'm wondering if possibly there will be a ah, free digital version once it in releases. the future yeah like okay. 1.0 or whatever that's what i okay. don't have the answer to and I, but i'm okay with it like i get why they're charging for it right this game's been in development for yeah. how long and they need money to yeah, keep making time. it and the product <laughs> that they have i think is good enough that i like i spent 40 dollars on the standard version on pc and i already feel comfortable with having spent that 40 and i've only been playing it for a cool. few days like it's it's a it's a good time like it blends a lot of genres that i personally am a fan of and so it's kind of a no-brainer for me um mm-hmm. But yeah, I think there's a lot there to enjoy, and it, it has surprised me in a pleasant way so far. Cool. All right, well, we, we got to move on to some new stuff. But the only other thing I wanted to mention that I've been playing is more Final Fantasy XII. I'm just having a really good time 
going back through that game, it's very easy to go and play and turn the volume down, put it on times two speed, listen to a podcast while I play. Right. It's just like a really a really nice relaxation game. I try to play it a couple hours like every weekend, um, just like on a Saturday or Sunday when I'm feeling lazy. Yeah. So my, my, it's been it's been been a very nice relaxing game. Yeah. Just real quick, my friend. Cody, he got it, and he was playing it, and he screwed himself over by not choosing a white mage for any of his characters, Yikes. or a red mage, so he couldn't use okay. any heal magic, and you can't change your character classes once you've committed in that game, and he yes. was like 21, 22 hours in before he kind of realized this, and was like getting stonewalled, and so he's okay. like, I think I'm done with this forever, so bad. I might be buying it oh, off Although of I, I will say, <laughs> at least three of the characters... Uh, learn um, some cure magic just by themselves. Oh. But, yeah, like, they come with it. Like, I know Fran and Pinello and I think Ash all just know cure right from the beginning. Yeah, but that's low-level stuff. Yes, but it's something. Right. <laughs> and there, there are tons of items and stuff to get rid of status ailments. So, I am I mean, I'll have more thoughts on that when we have a little more time to talk about it um, in the next episode or, or something, but... I definitely think the class-based thing is interesting. And the way mine worked out, because I'm at a point where all my guys have two classes, and um, the way it, just the way it worked out, like all 12 classes are represented by my six characters. Okay. And like I didn't plan it out necessarily that way, but it certainly seems to be like a good way to go. Because I have like two teams of three, and I don't really mix and match them because they're all kind of specialized in specific ways where like these three work well together and these other three work well together. And one of my teams of three doesn't have a white mage, but like Vaughn, who's kind of my healer on that side, is a red mage, so he knows some white magic. Uh, and he knows like a lot of like the quote unquote green magic to help get rid of some status ailments and, and knows a little bit of black magic to do some damage, that kind of thing. And I feel like the the setup that I have works relatively well because that group like is more focused on quick damage. Like they have okay. my two like highest damage dealing dudes are on that team. So it's just it's it, it was fun to mix and match and find the right pairings, which I never really did in the first version of the game because Everybody could learn everything, and so it's like you get a little bit of specialization, but like you're going to teach everyone cure, you're going to teach everyone Asuna, like that kind of stuff. Right. And so it didn't really matter what makeup your team was. Um, and this, it definitely matters a lot more. So it sucks that Cody, obviously, but you know, also if there's a class called a white mage, someone should probably be a white mage. <laughs> I know, so, right? Not not sure there's anyone to blame but himself, not gonna lie, but that yeah, does suck I, I think he was under the impression that he experience. could change that later and he because he wanted to like sure. see what all the classes were, probably. Yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, it's just a really big bummer. So I'm yeah. I might be buying it off of him, hopefully. <laughs> but <laughs> nice. I do I do hope he like chooses to go back and restart it, because I think that's that game has a lot to offer for players. Well, did he get did he get to the point where he can choose two classes per character? Because that would solve that problem. Oh, I don't know. Because I didn't do that. Like when when you pick a first class, I didn't have anybody that was a white mage because a lot of the characters already had cure magic and like there were plenty of items. But you get to a certain point. It's actually the first Esper that you fight Ifrit. Once you get once you get to him. Um, you can unlock a second class for everybody. So it's like relatively early on that you can unlock a second class, and that would solve that problem. Yeah, for let him. me. I'll, I'll so ask. I him. would, I would let him know just in case. 
Um, okay, so, but moving on, obviously San Diego Comic-Con's, like, the big thing that we're going to talk about. It's just going to be a lot of, like, quick hit stuff of, like, hey, this thing's happening, there's a trailer for this, and kind of what we're feeling. But before that, the big news that came out, um, about Telltale, like, ironically, after my big rant about Telltale last (laughs) week, is they've announced the second season for Batman, Batman the Enemy Within, a final, I believe, fourth season of The Walking Dead. And then fucking finally they have officially announced the wolf among us season two is happening so for batman like i still haven't played the first season i plan on it i know you just finished it like are you are you excited for the next one uh yeah i'll probably play it uh i think it's it's good enough to justify playing another one uh there was there were some cool things in there and i mean it's batman like it's it's yeah it's just fun to kind of be in that world um for the walking dead like i finished i think the second season of the walking dead never played i think it was the new frontier was the third season never touched the michonne standalone so like this big final fourth season not doesn't really do anything for me uh the michonne mini thing was was really good i think you'd enjoy that that's good cool i might check that out at some point but then wolf among us too was like the big one for me i love the wolf among us and I know it didn't, like, set the world on fire in terms of sales, which was the big reason why they never made any announcement about Season 2. But just kind of the fan reaction has been, like, you guys need to fucking make this. So I guess there was enough of a justification to do it. So That's good. that one I'm definitely excited about. But I am not welching on that statement I made in the last episode. Like, I'm not buying any of these until I feel confident that their shit is going to work. And, like... I'm not asking them to totally redo their engine. Like, I know that's a huge investment. That's what I want them to do. But at a court, like, I'm not going to buy any of these until they come out and reviews aren't saying, oh, make sure you're saving whenever possible because it might just fucking delete your entire game. Like, I'm (laughs) not going to play. I'm not giving them money until they fix that shit. Yeah, I I totally get that. And again, I will just hopefully get them for free. (laughs) Yeah, fair enough. (laughs) So uh, moving on to actual San Diego Comic-Con news. Um, so a lot of it is around kind of like this huge stuff about superheroes in modern culture and the what what Marvel has done for superheroes on TV and on in in film has been so crazy. It just pervades everything. Like there are just so fucking many comic book related shows and movies that it's just overwhelming not even just beyond there being so many good games and so many good movies and just in general but there are so many like superhero specific ones that like i can't hope to ever watch all of them and there were ones like they showed trailers and stuff at um comic-con of like i forgot this show even fucking existed like i guess they had there was some big news about legends of tomorrow which is i think it's on the cw um it focuses on uh like i know it has um Ah, oh, fuck, what's the character's name? He helps out Booster Gold a lot. I don't remember, but uh, Rip, Rip, Rip Hunter. And, um, like, um, at the Atom is in it. Like, I completely fucking forgot that show existed. And they, there was, like, some big announcement about the new season. I'm like, okay, no idea. Like, I have not watched the show at all. There were obviously big things about the new season of Arrow and Flash. And they had stuff about Black Lightning and Supergirl. Like, I haven't watched any of those shows. I've seen like the first five or six episodes of Air and Arrow and that's it. I want to watch all these shows. There's just too many fucking many of them. How are we supposed to watch all these fucking shows? Right. 
like it almost makes me angry <laughs> like well because so like, like the thing no that frustrates human me about can watch all of these yeah the thing that frustrates me about all of these freaking um uh all, all these like uh, freaking superhero shows and movies and everything is it's like the comics are literally impossible for your average person to parse and go through and understand right it has been going on for so long and like how an average person is supposed to figure out where to start and what to read that's fucking impossible right like there's no way anyone could figure that out on their own and so here they have new mediums like television shows are finally getting like big scope tv shows with like good decent budgets and then it's all these films happening this is their chance to make it easy for consumers to engage with and consume their content and they're still fucking it up by making everything fucking (laughs) confused like there's like five different flashes and like all the like the different versions of every fucking superhero in the cinematic and the tv universe and the comic universe it's it's got just pick a fucking one and go with it man it's fucking stupid And a lot a lot of it comes down to rights too at least on the marvel side because like we were saying earlier since fox owns the rights to x-men and mutants they're milking that shit for all they can like there are multiple quote-unquote mutant-related shows. There was Legion, which I think is still happening on FX, and then there's a new show, Gifted, which is also about mutants. And it's like, those have nothing to do with the Marvel thing because it's a separate property. And, like, how can that... How can rights be that big of a mess these days? Like, that doesn't... It doesn't feel right. Well... I mean, that it just goes back to back in the day, like Marvel was in really big trouble and they were like on the verge of bankruptcy. And so they sold off the rights to all these characters to keep them afloat, which is why Fox owns X-Men and Fantastic Four and Sony owns Spider-Man. It's just because they had to do something. Otherwise, they were going to go belly up. Right. Yeah. Um, but there were at least some things that were talked about on shows and movies that I know something about, thankfully. <laughs> so they showed a new trailer for Defenders, and I am excited for the show because the dudes running it were from Daredevil Season 2. And I think Daredevil, of the four Marvel Netflix shows, Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Iron Fist, and Luke Cage, Daredevil is the only one that is good. So I am very glad that they are the ones running the show. But also, my biggest problem with Jessica Jones was the storytelling and the writing. Like, the character I thought was fine. It was more just like the arc of the show. It was like they didn't have enough ideas. So every episode was like, we catch Kilgrave. He talks me into letting him go or he escapes. And the next episode, we catch him. And it's just rinse and repeat, which was like really boring and annoying. And with Iron Fist the character is just uninteresting. Like the actor was uninteresting, which is the same problem I had with Luke Cage, but because it's a show about the four of them, I have more faith that it'll be a little more tolerable. Um, and that it, those characters won't annoy me so much because they're not having to carry a show on their own. Right. So I do have hope for defenders, even though I have been really unfortunately underwhelmed with the Marvel Netflix team up so far. Have you seen any of them? Yeah, I've watched all of them, and I, oh, really? I I found things to like with all of them. How have we not talked about this? I don't know. <laughs> well, that, we'll yeah, have to, we'll have to dive deeper into these. I did not, I didn't, because I know like you kind of come and go on a lot of the superhero stuff, and you watch some of it, but not all of it. We're gonna have to talk about this in a future episode because there's a lot more to dive. Because like <laughs> I want to hear your thoughts on all of those shows. Um, but yeah, so like the fact that it's the two guys from Daredevil 
uh, that are running this make me a lot more excited. And kind of on that, they also announced season two for Iron Fist because, I mean, obviously, I know the show certainly had a lot of criticism, which I thought was well-deserved, but it still was popular and there's potential there. Um, yeah, so I, I still liked it. The the guy the uh, who was the main writer-showrunner, his last name is Buck, I can't remember his name now, but he is out as showrunner for the second season. Um, mm, okay. He, let me see, I wrote a note for this. Oh, so the new showrunner was an EP on Sleepy Hollow, which I haven't seen, but I had heard good things about. And it seems like actually a show that you would like, Kyle. Have you have I think you it's on my of? Netflix queue yeah, to watch. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, I think you would dig it. Um, but he also was a producer on the Electra movie, which, not super... <laughs> like, doesn't make I me mean, feel great. It was a movie, <laughs> yeah. But I definitely think it's a it's a step up from the dude that ran the first season, just because from a storytelling perspective, character perspective, and just like a lot of valid criticism on how it dealt with Asian American culture and like the whole karate kung fu methodology in Asian culture, and it just didn't handle a lot of that super well. So a change in hands, I think, is a net positive for that show. I don't think that's going to get rid of my issues with Finn Jones just being kind of a flat actor for that character and not being sure. right for all of the martial arts that's happening. Like when it's a character who is literally the best martial artist on the planet and every single scene he is in, it is embarrassing how terrible he is with the choreography kind of don't, that doesn't really go well together. So <laughs> I don't see that problem being remedied, but at least like from a storytelling perspective, Hopefully that'll be an improvement. Unfortunately, the dude who was running that show isn't out of a job because he is going to be running the Inhumans show on ABC, which we talked a little bit about earlier. This show looks like hot trash. Okay, hot thank trash. God. I didn't want to have hot to trash. say it. Like flaming, steaming pile of trash, just like out in the backyard, like a tire fire, just the smell. Like it's that fucking neighbor that you hate because he just burns his leaves and his garbage and everyone in the fucking neighborhood hates him. But whenever they try to call the cops, he's able to cover it up and you just can't catch him in the act. That's what the Inhumans trailers have been like. And it's such a fucking shame because the dude that played Ramsey Snow... I don't remember his name because it's very it's a right not it's a really unique name. Anyway, he is playing the villain on this show, and I think he's a phenomenal actor. And it just seems like that's a huge waste because that show it doesn't look good. Well, what product do you think that redheaded chick uses? Like Garnier or something like? Fructis? Oh man, oh the effects, oh, that's so oh terrible. the effects of that hair. It looked like so they just bad. drew it with a crayon, like just. <laughs> It's like trailers. blurry and like a mob of color. It was brutal. It was bad. It's brutal. And like it's difficult because like the basic concept of the Inhumans being this kind of like higher plane of pretentious asshole aliens. And like Black Bolt as the leader of them, he literally kills people by speaking. Like his voice can shatter the universe so he doesn't talk ever. Kind of hard to, that, to make that translate to a visual medium like television where characters, you know talk to each other <laughs> so i'm not sure what they were thinking when it came to that concept and just nothing like i i think they put out two or three trailers in the past year or so about this and just everything about it just looks like a fucking nightmare so at least there's one superhero show that i don't feel obligated to watch um, totally 
Also on the superhero train, sticking with the Marvel side, they showed a new trailer for Thor Ragnarok, which, like, there's been a bit of a mixed reaction, which I don't get, because, like, the trailers I've seen of it look rad as hell. It's got, like, a really awesome, like, 80s neon vibe to it that I really dig, and it's taking clear inspiration from the success of Guardians of the Galaxy and making this kind of space... This like spacefaring adventure, making it a little more fun because Thor and especially Thor: The Dark World were so self serious at times, and it just the writing and especially Chris Hemsworth acting could not carry that kind of storytelling. It just needed more humor, um, and so I like the kind of more lighthearted take, more like buddy comedy action adventure take. I'm super excited about it, but I get why people might feel like it feels too different from the other two Thor movies. I get that, but, like, the other two Thor movies were two of the worst Marvel movies, so why wouldn't they want to change the attitude? That's kind of my feeling on it. Yeah, and it definitely felt like uh, more Guardians of the Galaxy, like you said, and, like, Far Cry, Blood Dragon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that 80s neon. Uh, And I also noticed that everyone now has short hair for no reason at all. (laughs) Like, even the Hulk's hair is shorter. Oh really? Like the actual? Yeah, Hulk? it's like not... like buzzed <laughs> on the sides and like that. shorter on the top. Yeah, even even the Hulk's hair is shorter. I mean, that's 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 like the next cool look. Like for a while, it was the dudes with the slicked back with the beard, and now it's like short hair with the beard. Like that's the cool yeah. new look, and no more of the man bun bullshit. So they oh, got to keep. God. They got Thor's got to keep with the times. You know how modern and like hip Thor is. The Asgardians <laughs> are. Yeah. Um, on the DC side of things, we got a new trailer for Justice League. I still have zero faith in that movie until everyone tells me it's good. I'm will I'm not seeing that movie until the reviews come out. I have zero faith in Zack Snyder. Like the fact that they're introducing a bunch of new characters in their team movie makes no fucking sense. Like no, how could you not move? How could you not learn from what Marvel did and like introduce these characters by themselves and then you bring them together because then all of the personalities are established. Yeah, like you care about these characters and their individual journeys and now the fun is seeing them come together. With this, like the only characters we know hardly anything about are Superman, who's fucking dead in this movie, Wonder (laughs) Woman, who the real character stuff we've seen of her has been taking place 80 years ago and then a little bit of batman but he barely does anything in batman versus superman it's just like it just seems weird to like come out with justice league this early on i feel like they should have put out aquaman first and flash first and then done this movie but maybe it's just like a there they were and i know this has been planned for a while but i feel like part of it might have been reading the tea leaves that like the dc expanded universe hasn't exactly been setting the world on fire and so the best way to get people to come see a movie is to just do the justice league first because i feel like they recognize that they would sell less tickets to aquaman than to justice league and then yeah. if Aquaman is cool in Justice League, then people will go see a standalone. Like, yeah, that makes sense from a fiscal perspective, but not from yeah. a storytelling perspective. Well, no, I agree. And, like, I, yeah, okay, that makes more sense. I, I'm just, I'm hoping they don't try to put their origin stories in the movie. I hope they just yeah. have them as, like, they are established characters so people right. see them and go, okay, I wonder why this is the take of Aquaman they're doing. And, and I haven't, I haven't gotten a vibe that I haven't gotten a vibe that they're going to include the origin stuff because I think that's a that's a definitely a, a correct point that you make, and I'll at least give them that 
you know, anticipatory credit. It doesn't seem like they're doing that, which I do think is smart. Yeah, because then that's just it wastes time and splits focus and is bad. Um, uh, but just in, like in that the, third Spider-Man movie. Yes, um, but actually, in the actual trailer, we got to see the first instance of Steppenwolf, who's going to be the villain. He is a toady of Darkseid, who everybody originally oh, thought. Okay. Like, originally, this was going to be a two-parter, because, yet again, they wanted to copy Marvel and do a two-parter Infinity War. So this was going to be a two-parter Justice League movie. And so everybody's like, oh, well, okay, we know that Darkseid is going to be the big bad, but there needs to be a big bad for the first part. And so I'm not sure if they're still sort of following that. They've said that it's not like Justice Justice League 1, Justice League 2, they are more standalone, but Steppenwolf is a toady of Darkseid, and they're obviously they have all of the uh, parademons, are like the grunt bad guys, like the robotic looking dudes with wings that you see them all fight in the trailers, those are the parademons, they're from Darkseid's world, and so clearly they're still setting that up, especially in Batman vs. Superman, those dreams that he had, that Batman had, that had like the Darkseid Omega symbol on the sand, like they're clearly setting that up as the big thing, um, but it was cool to see Steppenwolf, like he looks cool, he looks sort of generic, like he looked very much like Ares from the Wonder Woman movie, and also... Uh, the Ragnarok character from the Thor trailer, like a big horned flaming monster. It kind of, it is comic book, so it's all a little bit generic. Um, but there was also big rumors coming around that Green Lantern's going to be in this movie. They're still planning on making a standalone Green Lantern Corps movie. Okay, um, so the third Green Lantern, is that what it would be now? Or is it just the second Green Lantern? It'd be the second one. Okay, because who, who well, was the first one? Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds, that's but right. But that, I mean, but that's not canon. Like, that doesn't exist anymore, which is right. smart of them to ignore. It is a shame because Ryan Reynolds was fucking born to play Hal Jordan, even more so than he was born to play Deadpool. Um, but they're not going to bring him back for that. Right. I honestly wouldn't be surprised if they had Jon Stewart be, be Green Lantern because he's black and I know they want more representation in these, which is one of the reasons they made Cyborg a founding member of the Justice League in these movies, which, like totally respect that decision i think it's very smart and yeah. because of that i wouldn't be surprised if they made john stewart the green lantern in this universe one because it's a you know it's another black character and two it gets them farther removed from the green lantern standalone movie because then they can yeah, just ignore hal jordan entirely but there were two scenes in the trailer that people are saying oh well green lantern so there's one scene where there's like a the plane flying and there's this like green flash under it that looks like it could be Green Lantern. And then also at the end of the movie, there's like a, a whole like, oh, I was waiting for you to show up thing that right. Alfred has. That my first instinct was like, well, this is Superman because obviously Superman's coming back. We know he's not dead based on the end of Batman versus Superman. And so I figure he'll come back before the very end of this and actually be a part of the story. They certainly aren't advertising it that way, so it could be Superman. But the people have said, like, if you watch that trailer, the reflection in Alfred's glasses and, like, in the scene, there's, like, a green tint to it. So it looks like it might be Green Lantern. I think that totally makes sense because they are still doing the Green Lantern Corps movie. And so it makes sense that they'll want to introduce the character here. Um Again, it just feels like introducing a lot of characters in this movie, though. So Right, yeah, that's a ton. I, I just, again, I have no faith in this movie whatsoever. I hope that I am wrong, just like I hoped I was going to be wrong with Batman vs. Superman and wasn't. Just like I hoped I was going to be wrong with Suicide Squad and wasn't. I hope I'm wrong with Justice League. I don't think I'm going to be, but we'll see. 
Um, they also announced that Wonder Woman 2 is officially happening. Surprise, surprise. I'm glad it is. That movie was great. Yeah. Jeff Johns is actually writing the script, which I think is really good as well. They haven't confirmed whether or not Patty Jenkins is directing. Um, I would imagine she will again, which I think is also smart. But the rumor has been that this movie won't be set in modern day like they had originally said, but will actually take place in the 60s uh, during like the Cold War era, which I think would okay. be cool. And again, thinking about their kind of branding for this, again, I think is smart because with the complete train wreck that the DCEU is right now, Wonder Woman is like the only good thing to come out of that stuff. And one of the reasons it was good is because it was totally separate from the modern Justice League stuff. So for them to make a sequel and also make it standalone, I think is very smart because then that movie can succeed and be good on its own and not have to worry about tying into all the fucking garbage happening with the other movies. So I think it'd be smart if they did that. It's not confirmed. It's just a rumor, but I think that would be super cool. Um, You still haven't seen Wonder Woman. I have not. I really need, need, I really, really yeah, need dude, to. Yeah, dude, you need to fucking see it. And like I said, when we originally talked about it, like it's not an amazing movie, um, but it is. It's a very solid movie, and like not even close. It is far and away the best DC movie that we've gotten from this new canon. So yeah. it's definitely worth. It isn't in theaters worth anymore. Is money. It? Yeah, I think it is. I mean, it's only been out for like a month. Okay, maybe I might, I might have to try and catch that. It was, just, I mean, it was I'll really successful. I'm sure it comes you can catch out on DVD somewhere. or Blu-ray. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's it for the superhero stuff. There are a couple other little things. They um, announced uh, the new Tick, the Tick show. Did you watch the original with Patrick Warburton? I did not. I feel like I've seen clips of it. Yeah. The Tick was great. Obviously, Patrick Warburton is great. But they're making a new one. It's an Amazon exclusive. Um, it's did you Have you seen Parks and Rec? Have we talked about this? No, no. Fuck it. Damn it. Um, you won't know the actor then. I really like the guy playing the Tick. Uh, I, I, we're just watching the trailer. I'm not in love with it. But um, I'll have more opinions once it kind of comes out. Because I definitely intend on watching it. Um, they put out a new trailer for season two of Stranger Things, and after watching it, I am more hyped for that than I was for a new season of Game of Thrones, which is saying a lot. Just like, yeah, I think it, it looks really cool. Such a good trailer, like just beyond being excited for the show. The trailer is so awesome, so like, you know, eighties and like. I don't even know how to explain it. Just the vibe of it was really, it was, it's like, it was rad. Like I used yeah. the word rad <laughs> unironically to describe that trailer and like it yeah. being around Halloween, like I think is really appropriate and just fucking, I can't wait for that show. Um, they put out a new trailer for the new Star Trek show, Star Trek Discovery. You are way more of a Trekkie than I am. Do you have any thoughts on this? On the new show? I just, mm, I, and when you say more of a Trekkie than you are, it's still not by much. I mean, I've watched but yeah, but like, The Next the, Generation. You like The Next Generation. You like that show. Yeah. But I mean, that's I more feel than like, me. <laughs> I feel like I like The Next Generation mainly because of Patrick Stewart. Okay. Um, because I fucking love Patrick Stewart. Sure, who doesn't? Um, yeah, I just... Star Trek, It's it's never been... I've, I've never had as big of an affinity for it as like Star Wars and even other more campy shows like um mm-hmm. farscape and, and stargate and stuff 
So I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not crazy in love with this idea yeah. of there being a new season. I bet people are gonna go batshit about it and they'll enjoy it. But I mean, I well, it, I, I mean, might watch been, it later. But I don't know. There's definitely been a lot of negative buzz around it, which like I certainly can't speak to as like. I don't, it's not like I dislike Star Trek, but I'm not like a big fan of it. Um, but there's been a lot of hate around the new show, and I'm not sure like what the origination of it is. I know the Star Trek fan base can be very fickle, so I take a grain of salt with that. Also, there's the whole thing where the main character is a black woman on the show, and so you have to take it with a grain of salt because of that. There are going to be people that hate it because of that, which is stupid. But like just watching the trailers for myself, as someone who's not hardcore into Star Trek, it doesn't look like offensively bad, but nothing is going on there that like makes me super intrigued. Um, but we'll see once it comes out like what non hateful internet trolls have to say about the show <laughs> <laughs> right yeah well and you know yeah. when it comes out people are gonna they're still gonna fucking watch it but they're just gonna be searching sure, for things to complain yes, about yes. so they're gonna watch it just so they can and let the it. people that want to live their lives the right way just yeah. enjoy shit yeah totally agree um three more quick things so the co-creators of Game of Thrones, of the TV show, have announced their next show, which they won't be starting on until Game of Thrones wraps, which might not be until like 2019 at this point. Um, but it's called Confederate, and it um, takes place in like an alternate timeline where the Confederates won the Civil War. And so, like, I'm not sure, if I, I didn't catch if it's like modern times or something re- like close to modern times, but obviously in this alternate timeline where the Confederates win, so like slavery still exists. And like, I know that's going to be a big point of the show. Just the fact that they're creating this thing immediately makes me interested in it. Um, but just wanted to throw that out there. I hadn't heard about that until literally today that it had happened. Um, also, at San Diego Comic-Con, they showed off a bunch of stuff about Kingdom Hearts 3. I remain a little nervous about that game just because of all Same. the spinoffs of that series and how off the rails the story has gone. But like the, the they announced that there will be a Toy Story world, which is super cool. Um, there will be a significant chunk of the game focused around the gummy ship. I'm not sure the details, like if it's going to be more like Kingdom Hearts 1 gummy ship or Kingdom Hearts 2 gummy ship, but that I could take or leave. I was I was Same. never a huge fan of either of it in either game, so it's not like a big selling point for me. But like the trailers they've shown, the gameplay they've shown, the game looks beautiful. Like it has that Pixar quality to it that I think is great. It and I'm really excited does. to see all of the new worlds um, in that game. Like if they can tap into more of the Pixar stuff, like I think a frozen world could be really cool. I think like a Moana world could be really cool. There's a lot of Pixar stuff that they could tap into that I think would, uh, work really well. Or I guess Moana, Moana and frozen were not Pixar. So forget that I said that, but regardless, I'm excited well, no, for the new they're... Disney worlds. Yeah. Yeah. I like, they could do star Wars. They could fucking do yes, star Wars, man. And, and I, a lightsaber keyblade would be great. But here's the thing, like, what Star Wars would it be? Because in Kingdom Hearts 2, they had the Pirates of the Caribbean world. Probably the Disney Infinity Star Wars stuff, right? Okay, okay. Because in in Kingdom Hearts 2, they had the Pirates of the Caribbean stuff. It was was more realistic. And that looked terrible. I hated it. Never again. I don't want them to do that. No, but they could do the Disney Infinity stuff. Yes, they could do this. Yes, if, if they do it with Star Wars and with the Marvel stuff, and they yeah. make it more cartoony and kitty, whatever, that I'm okay with. I just don't want them to try to make it realistic the way they did Pirates of the Caribbean. Not a fan of that. Um, and then finally, 
which I didn't even realize had happened. My wife is the one that told me about this. They're making a psych movie. Fucking yeah, they are, dude. Did you watch the trailer for this? Oh, yeah. It, it like, is great. It was real dumb and too long, but it only made me happier that it was that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like it was it was it was pretty it was pretty lame. I'm not gonna lie, but like lovable lame. Because Kelly and I were totally. talking about this and um like we both really liked Psych, and to be honest, I don't know that we ever finished it. I think we have like half of the final season that we never watched. Because oh. I can't I can't think of how it ended. But the show started really strong. I should say the writing was a little weak in the very beginning, like the first season or two. And then it got really strong in the middle seasons. And then the last couple of seasons, we really lost interest and we were just forcing ourselves to watch it. Like on the whole, like I'm, I, I'm not sure that psych is like a really, really strong, great show, but I still loved it. And so the fact that they're making a movie, which I have no idea what it is, like if it's going to be in theaters or if it's just going to be a TV movie on USA, I have no idea. But I'm super pumped for it. I, I love those two together. Dulé Hill and James Rodé They're are so great. I love oh, them. Man. I love They're them. Fabulous. I'm so excited. Yeah. Uh, and just like, yeah, I mean, like you're, you're right. If anyone has not seen the show and they were to watch that trailer for the movie, they'd be like, why the fuck would I watch <laughs> yes. this? This is stupid. The totally. humor's bad. But like, for anyone who's watched the show... Because you become it's all attached. inside jokes. Yeah, you become attached to those characters so quickly, um, and like just it that, it was the perfect trailer for fans of yeah Psych, and I mean that's who that movie's for, right? You know, it's oh, not for sure that mo- no one who doesn't watch Psych is gonna need to go see that movie. Yeah, like, but yeah, hopefully, yeah. you know, people see that there is a movie, and then maybe they watch the show. It sparks interest in watching the show again. Yeah, so yeah, it's all on Netflix. Really cool. Yeah. Super excited. So that kind of wraps up our San Diego Comic-Con talk. There may be more stuff that comes out in the next couple of days that we weren't able to cover, and we'll talk about that on next week's episode. But for now, or no, I shouldn't say next week, in the next episode, whenever the fuck that happens. <laughs> for now, though, we're going to move on to everyone's favorite segment, Hate of the Week. Hate of the Week. Okay, so hinted at this earlier. But this week's hate of the week is just this sense that because of the website that I run, because of now the podcast that that we're running, it's hard for me to have things that are just for me now. Like when it comes to video games and movies and TV shows, because everything I play, everything I watch, I have this thing in my head of like, I need to be able to talk about this on an episode or in a review or an article or whatever I'm going to do with it. And so it makes it really hard for me to like at one level, just enjoy things for what they are. Cause I'm thinking very critically, which I'm already, I already tend to do anyway. But the right. second piece is more just like have things that are just for me that like, I'm just going to watch this show and I'm not going to talk about it on the podcast. I'm not going to write about anything. I just want to watch it for me. And it's really hard to balance that because I need to be able to create content. Like I need things to talk about and I need to be spending time watching new shows like I do with all the HBO shows so that I can talk about them here. And I'm not watching those shows just because I'm interested. I'm also watching them because I want to talk about them. I want to be relevant and and have an opinion on things that people talk about. And it's just like, I don't know, it's just kind of a hard thing to balance. Um, and I know like, because you ran a gaming website for a while and you obviously had a YouTube channel for a while. 
is that something you struggled with with on the whole video game side? Absolutely. Um, I mean, we, like we were trying to force ourselves to beat games and play through games so we could write reviews. Yeah, and it's just that's not. If it's something you love, if it's something you love to do, trying to do that as your profession um, or professionally can really ruin it for you. You know, people always mm-hmm. say, do what you love, but I would say do what you love second, like what what is second on your list, right? Make that a career. Because uh, for me, the thing I love the most is video games. So, like, it's, oh, do what you love. Yeah, make video games a profession. But then you fucking learn to hate video games, yeah. right? Because putting work into anything, I mean, at least for me, and I feel like for a lot of people, not everyone, but a lot of people, work tends to uh, poison the atmosphere, right? Mm-hmm. There, are, there are certain things that go along with doing something professionally that just suck the fun out of things. So... <laughs> That's why I chose to do what I love second most, which is theater. Um, mm-hmm. That's why I chose to do that professionally. Because, and trust me, I've, there are times where I fucking hate that stage because like, the thought of going there for the thirtieth hour that week is killing me inside. But uh, so I knew it, I know if I were to do that with video games, like I was doing when I did the site, when I did YouTube, it just it really ruins it. So I think for you. My advice to you for the blog and podcasts and stuff is still just do what you like, right? Because yeah. this is not your one-stop shop for all the latest and greatest and in reviews and all that stuff. You do reviews for things like you're doing reviews for Seinfeld. Like that, <laughs> how how long has that show been dead? Uh, right. But alive in our hearts. Um, so just do the things that are interesting to you in the moment. And there will always be an audience for that kind of stuff. Because if you do it the other way around, you wind up like sites like Polygon and IGN where it's Mm -hmm. forced and fake and awful. And sure, they have like dedicated communities, but those communities are fucking terrible people. (laughs) It's just like 90% jackasses that are are awful. And that's not the kind of community that you want to develop around your site and your brand. And so just focus on the things that are interesting to you in the moment. And I think you can still find success in that way. My method is to take what I love second most and do that professionally while still allowing myself to enjoy what I love the most, video games. Where right. I think I think there's there's room for argument there in that you can do what you love, uh, but you have to be careful about how you do it, right? Because you can yeah, easily I mean, it, spoil it. If you put a lot of effort into something, it doesn't matter how much you love it. It will at times feel like work. And it totally yeah. feels like that for me. Like, I'm not making any money doing any of this. Like, anything. Right. I'm, like, I make no money from Shea Hits Everything. I make no money from this podcast. I'm purely doing it for fun and have a creative outlet. And, like, I certainly have hopes and dreams that it could turn into something in the future. But that's not why I'm doing it right now. And because I have several responses to what, what you're just saying. Like, I feel like at a core level... I totally agree, and that's definitely, in general, the methodology I take. Like, I'm not trying to always talk about the biggest things that are happening in the news when it comes to, like, movies and video games. I'm not trying to always talk about the most relevant things, but I feel like it's a fine line because... I want to cultivate an audience, and not to get too much in the meta of this, but I want to cultivate an audience that is 
passionate about the things that I am passionate about and like curious about my thoughts and feelings. And like, I want to encourage a dialogue about that regardless of if the thing came out last week or six years ago. Like that's the kind of fun that I enjoy. All the fun conversations I have about these things that I love with people like you or Kelly or or other friends. It doesn't matter if the thing's new or not. I just like talking about this stuff. And that's why I wanted to do it this way. But, and it's a big but, a lot of people want that relevancy they want to focus on the here and now because this culture of like instant gratification like once something is old it's old and that means it's bad like we want people want to talk about the new hot things and distract themselves from the older things and so it's hard to only do what i want to do and i try to like find a bit of a balance because like something like Spider-Man Homecoming came out. I knew I wanted to see it that opening weekend. And so I really uh, I really like worked hard to make sure I got that review out that first week that it was out so that it was like relevant. A movie like Dunkirk, I know I want to see that movie. I probably, well, I might go see it in theaters, but it probably won't be the first two weeks that it comes out. And I'll want to do a review of it. But then it, by by the time I put out that review, it won't be relevant anymore. Like if it's if you're not reviewing something in the first week, no one no one generically cares like maybe specific people will care that are looking for your specific voice but like some rando on the internet isn't going to look up my review of final fantasy 12 the zodiac age when i post it in two months like for me it's more about practicing my writing getting more content out there and expressing that opinion regardless of the relevancy it's just kind of hard to build an audience around that and like i don't want to like i said i don't want to get in too much of like the meta the woe is me like my channel hasn't exploded kind of a thing but it's just it's something that weighs on my mind a lot especially with video games because like i was saying earlier i have this huge backlog of games from the past couple of years it's really hard for me to justify sinking 50 hours into gta 5 when there are 10 games that are out this year that i feel like i need to play so i can talk about them because they came out this year and it's even affecting me with movies too because like i always do game of the year where I try to do a top 10 list. Sometimes it's a top five list if I haven't played enough games. But like I want to start doing like my favorite movies every year. And I've been really bad about staying current with movies and watching them when they come out because I don't want to spend the money to go to the theater. But I really wanted to commit to myself to watch a lot more films this year, especially like around Oscar season. So I feel educated on that. So I looked at like my list of movies I've seen this year and there aren't that many because I don't go see that many movies. So it's really hard for me to like oh, here's this movie that came out five years ago. Let me just spend a Friday night watching that movie. Or should I rent fucking La La Land? Like that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, I get that. And I mean, I definitely think you need to pick and choose, right? Like you said with Spider-Man. Um, yeah. But I would just... Because there are, there are other outlets for that current stuff, right? And I mean, like, it, it would be different... I mean, I, I don't know for sure, but I feel like you don't necessarily want to be that one-stop shop for all the current no. stuff, right? Like, your your brand... That's you, not my expertise. Exactly, yeah. So, um, definitely, you can pick and choose, right? And that's fine. I just my I, I just want you to know, like, my advice is to um, be careful with turning your hobby into a profession, right? Or, or something... And it, I, know, I know it's not really a profession because you're not getting paid, but you put in the amount of work and time that a oh, profession yeah. 
right that a profession yeah i totally treat it like a job i mean i spend i spend 20 to 30 hours a week on this and that's not including the time i spent playing the games watching the movies watching the shows that i talk about on this right so So, i mean it's a full-time job yeah just like cautionary tale right like i really burned myself out by trying to do too much and forcing myself to do the things i wasn't motivated to at the time right Mm -hmm. And, and that and i definitely feel like that stuff sometimes came across as uh inorganic and yeah uh forced so that there's always that caveat with it right so um and it, it is tough too because i definitely am prone to laziness and like that's a tough thing to admit but like a lot of times i just don't feel like writing a new blog post i just don't want to even though i planned it and kind of scheduled time to do it and it's hard because then it's like well do i not do i not want to write it because i don't care about the thing i'm gonna write about or do i not want to write it because i'm feeling lazy and i'd rather just sit on the couch it's that kind of struggle because like sure literally this morning before uh recording this i put together a quickie reviews like the series that which you know ties directly into what we're talking about where it's shorter quicker reviews on things that aren't like super current so like hey if i watch a movie that came out a couple years ago i'll put together 250 words review about about that about that movie and so i try to do those like two to three times a month and so i wrote one this morning on some stuff that i've been watching recently you know i actually i wrote about uh the power rangers movie and uh togetherness and uh, the babadook which is a horror movie that we watched together like over a month ago yeah so it's just like like i wasn't super passionate about writing about those um but i wanted the kind of exercise i wanted to force myself to create that and put that out there and i also wanted to make sure i had a post going up this week so it's like juggling all those different things at once can be tough yeah i agree uh and it's gonna be different person to person right Mm -hmm. um but yeah i mean just you know as long as you're not getting burned out i think um you can you can keep doing what you're doing right it's just like being self-aware enough to know uh when you're getting burned out and when your content is suffering because of it yeah and i already plan i mean uh i took some time off of my actual job for this coming week i took thursday and friday off i was gonna have like a little staycation because there's been a lot of like stressful things happening there and big projects coming down the pipeline so i wanted to like get a breather and i already told myself like i'm not writing on the blog those four days uh we're not going to record a podcast this next weekend we're taking that week off and trying to figure out if we do every other week or whatever so i already have like planned this break that i'm gonna have so i'm trying to to keep that in mind and make sure I don't get myself burnt out. And I, like, I still, like, I, I still love, um, putting those articles together and engaging with people and like having those discussions about agreeing and disagreeing. And granted, we're only five episodes into this, but like, I still really enjoy doing this podcast with you. It's just more the actual content that I struggle with. Not so much the like doing it's the, like the, the what, if that makes sense. Sure. Okay. But yeah, so there's a little peek behind the curtain of what goes into Shea hates everything, but I still just Shea really furiously pulling site. levers and cranking on buttons and, <laughs> and like <laughs> like don't look, don't look, oh god! Pay no attention to the man behind the glass, even though he's crying and screaming and seems very <laughs> angry. Um, so yeah, so more more less of a, a hate of the week and more of a like 
disappointed of the week. <laughs> I don't I don't know what what emotion I'm feeling with that. Disappointed but, um, of the week. <laughs> so that's going to do it for this episode of the Shea Hates Everything podcast. Thanks everybody for listening and Kyle, thank you for joining me as always. Thank you. And um like I said, we won't have an episode next week. We're going to try out an every other week structure. Uh it'll I think it'll just make it easier for us to um, have more content to put out for everybody and not worry so much about episodes like this one, you know, closing in on two hours. If it's every other week, I won't be so self-conscious about that. Right. Um, but let us know once we get into that, what you kind of like, we've obviously been putting them out a lot more fast and furiously lately because we just launched. Um, so once it, it, you know, settles down a little bit, make sure you're letting us know, like if you miss it, you know, every week, We'll figure that out and talk about it. And Kyle's probably shaking his head because he knows he's going to be too busy once school starts to do it every week. But <laughs> we'll, <Right. laughs> we'll, we'll at least talk about it. Um, so that's going to do it. I'm trying to think if I have anything specific to plug. I've like plugged my stuff a lot less than recent, but whatever. Check out ShadesEverything.com for opinions and reviews <laughs> and cool shit. There you go. That's it. Uh, so we'll see you guys in the next episode. Peace out. Peace out.